With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Pulse of the Region brought to you by the Metro Hartford Alliance. The Metro Hartford Alliance is an investor-based economic development partnership focused on business development and growth, retaining jobs, attracting talent, ensuring a strong urban core, and promoting all the great things in our Hartford region. You can learn more about our mission and how to get involved at MetroHartford.com. Thank you to our show sponsor, Oak Hill. Oak Hill believes that people with disabilities have the right and capability to be contributing productive members of their communities. Building from that belief, they established a full-service organization to care for, educate, and advocate for disabled people, their families, and their communities. Learn more at oakhillct.org. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Kate Bauman, and today we are getting the pulse about giving from corporations to small businesses and the charities they support. Joining me for the discussion are three organizations. First is President and CEO of Junior Achievement, Jeremy Race. Jeremy, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Kate. Appreciate it. Of course. And next from Cedarship is co-founder and chief Cedar, Jennifer Smithberger. Jennifer, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. And last but not least from Lincoln Financial is the AVP of Corporate Giving, Marlene Ferreira. Marlene, thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Thank you. Great. And before we get kind of rolling into our conversation today, wanted to take just a couple minutes to briefly have each of you give an overview about your organization. So, Jeremy, why not? We'll put you on the spot first, if you could let us know just a little bit more about Junior Achievement. Sure. Thanks again, Kate. So, Junior Achievement, we are a nonprofit, um, and we serve students in grades K through 12, teaching them financial literacy, work readiness, and entrepreneurship. Basically, our mission, Kay, is to empower young people to own their economic success. And in a pre-COVID world, we were serving you know, roughly 50,000 students in Connecticut annually. And, and the real power of our programs, um, and many of your listeners have probably been volunteers, is the power of the volunteers. Because all of, our, all of our programs are taught by volunteers from business and community. And our volunteers truly become mentors for our students and, and become examples of what future success really looks like. Great. No, thanks, Jeremy. And excited to kind of dive more as, you know, you put it perfectly, pre, pre-COVID and post-COVID, which is kind of crazy. We have those two eras now, um, but excited to hear more kind of what you guys are doing. And next is from Lincoln Financial is Marlene would love, you know, certainly Jeremy touched on volunteering. Your organization is one that is really founded around that. And so if you could give us a brief overview about Lincoln Financial and also about your foundation. Sure, happy to. So Lincoln Financial is a Fortune 250 company that is based out of Radnor, Pennsylvania, but we have 10 locations and Hartford is one of them. Um, And Lincoln Financial Foundation is um, the philanthropic operation of the company. And we believe that contributing to our communities is intrinsic to our values and our responsibility. 
and through Lincoln Financial Foundation. We've contributed about $9 million a year to nonprofits across 10 locations. And in Hartford, how that translates is um, over $700,000 a year um, to 25 organizations. Um, and corporate responsibility is part of our tradition. It's um, how we um, vitalize our communities and how we treat our employees. We have a diverse workforce, and we provide benefits that allow them to plan a secure future and to volunteer in their communities. Thank you, Marlene. And definitely we'll talk more, dive a little bit deeper on everything you touched on there. Uh, but first, Jennifer, would love for you to give an overview about Cedarship and, you know, really where you guys are at it as an organization, which I is something that has been, I've been very excited to have been working with you over the last several, you know, almost a year now, which is fantastic. So we'd love for you to share more. Sure. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, so we started our Cedarship journey about two years ago. Uh, my husband had large-scale operations and technology experience, and mine has always been communications, engaging audiences, and storytelling. And we noticed how much good small businesses do, and we wanted to help elevate the visibility of everything they do every day so that it could help their business grow and their impact. So Cedarship is an easy-to-use platform that collects everything that they do. So all the hours that they volunteer, all the don financial donations they make or in-kind products or services that they give. And the reason for that is so that they can measure and visualize what they give and understand what they invest back in their community. It's also a place where they can post, where they can aggregate all their posts into one location to build a digital community story that they can share everywhere that they can connect to their customers online. And the goal is to help small businesses keep the good they do top of mind so that customers who care about their community and who want to support local businesses who are giving back can find them. And it's a win-win for the business, the community, and the customer. I love it. And thank you, Jennifer. And, you know, really our theme today is giving, which certainly does mean a lot of different things and happens in many ways. And, you know, you're really seeing firsthand what on the back end corporations, what small businesses are doing. Can you talk about why you feel businesses of all sizes are choosing to really make an impact? So I'll, I'll jump in with that one. So I, I will say that Social responsibility has a long history with the early adopters back in the 80s, and over the last few decades, is it has evolved from a nice-to-do to a must-have. I think that the combination of consumer market is driving that. There's a realization that business and society thrives and grows together, but also the, the validation that CSR does positively contribute to the bottom line. There's plenty of studies that show how it translates into higher sales and margins, increased valuation, and increased employee engagement. Uh, there's so many benefits from the marketing boost, uh, reputation, to brand differentiation, to employee retention. Uh, CSR can achieve all of these or individually. And in my corporate experience, I've seen various shades of CSR, from where it was a pet project for a business leader to when giving was centralized under one umbrella to grow reputation, or to when they dedicated resources and expertise to really drive measurable change to where they've helped activate purpose with their employees and community. And this latter part where it's really about the dedicated resources to drive change, 
This is where we see CSR going more and more, and that is really exciting. Uh, I will say that for small businesses, it, they don't call it CSR. It's, uh, we conducted a study last year to really understand how they give, and we found that 99% of them were already engaged in giving. 97% prefer to give local, and they are asked every month by their customers, employees, and local charities to give. So they're definitely giving back a lot, and often they just don't have an acronym for it. It's something that they do as an action of gratitude. I would say the difference now for small businesses with COVID is that they're being much more vocal about what they do. It's either to survive, help them survive through this pandemic, or it's because they really want to show their community that they're there to serve and remind them that they're not alone. That's great. And, hey, definitely deserve some, some press and some notice, uh, notoriety about what, you know, the great things that people are doing. So thank you for that overview, Jennifer. And, Marlene, you know, certainly Lincoln Financial, and this is one thing that stood out to me the first time I met with, with individuals from your organization, is mm-hmm. really supporting the local community is truly part of your culture. And, you know, so really would love for you to share about what the foundation is doing, and specifically here in Hartford, you know, give you kind of the soapbox to share about all the great things you're doing to support nonprofits. Sure. Um, and to piggyback on what Jennifer was saying, CSR is very important um, in so many ways for the foundation, both um, environmentally uh, and what the foundation is trying to do across its locations, but also responsible business practices and how we touch every aspect of our business and create a framework uh, to operate with consistency and purpose and to revitalize and support our local communities. So in Hartford, um, Lincoln Financial supports the 25 nonprofits that I mentioned, and that's across three focus areas. So we really look at um, education, human services, and financial wellness. And in each of those areas, we have goals that we want to um, hit for on behalf of these nonprofits. So in education, we're looking at supporting academic performance and college access and readiness and college matriculation and success through college. Um, In human services, we support access to nutritious and emergency food and access to emergency housing and then providing those services that keep people housed. And in financial wellness, um, which is a new process for us, um, we are looking at not just financial literacy, but financial resilience for families and beefing up some of our programs there to um, help people um, understand budgeting, uh, be at a point where they can begin to save and shoring up all of their financial resources. So a few examples there would be... um, well, first, uh, a nod to Jeremy Race, who, um, with Junior Achievement, we have partnered for a Junior Apprentice virtual program, which is the way programs are going now. Um, and that is financial literacy and uh, preparing kids for the workforce. Um, and in human services, we support everything from food share that distributes food into neighborhoods and provides uh, senior shut-in meals and um, 
hands-on Hartford that provides backpacks for kids to take home to prepare their nutrition over the weekend, and uh, Mercy Housing and Shelter that helps people with um, problems or crisis that they might have as they lose their housing. And we all know the pandemic has created untold pressure on families and uh, we have helped both with um, grants, increased grants to food providers, but also uh, some counseling with uh, the rules of evictions and, and what your rights are. So um, earlier as the pandemic uh, was really beginning in this area, we saw that our food banks were going to have issues with demand. So we increased our giving by a million dollars to our food banks and food providers across our 10 locations. Um, And we were able to eliminate all of our grant processes and push that money out quickly. So Lincoln was well positioned because of all of its nonprofit partnerships to make that happen. So that's the sort of hands-on partnering we do with nonprofits, uh, especially in Hartford. Oh, thank you for that. And thank you for the work you're doing. And certainly it sounds, you know, the foundation you've built is really allowing you to support immediate action, which is fantastic. And certainly, you know, a lot of all of us needing to change and needing to pivot, even though I hate that saying, but it's very true. So, you know, Jeremy, certainly JA's is, you know, has certainly been impacted as well. So can you kind of talk about how you're adjusting to be able to still reach students and also teachers? Sure, and, and as you can imagine, um, it has not been an easy task, but we are definitely up no, for the no. challenge. I mean, we're, we're currently in the process of virtualizing all of our K-12 through uh, programming. We have more than 20 programs, um, and we're positioned really well right now. I, I want to say I've never been more proud uh, of the staff at Junior Achievement, you know, for their efforts and commitment during this challenging time. Um, but, you know, we're, we're looking at this as an opportunity. Um, and, and I think, you know, the, the excitement of how we can do things differently. But, but our number one goal, you know, Kate, is, is stay the same, which is to meet our students and teachers where they are right now. You know, we know schools are challenged. We know students are challenged and parents are challenged. And we simply want to be helpful. We want to be a, a great resource. So, you know, we, we're now offering all of our programs in a virtual manner, um, you know, spanning from, you know, from teachers who may not have as much time in the classroom due to maybe hybrid schedules and other factors, you know, we can now do programming in, in 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, we can now run webinars for high school students in the evening. Um, and, and, and everything in between, you know, we also have semester-long virtual programming um, that, that kids and, and teachers can sign up for. So, you know, we're just trying to, to, to make our menu of opportunities as robust and easy to implement as possible. Um, and another exciting thing that we're, we're exploring is, and thanks to some recent uh, data collection that we conducted with our, our good friends over at Great Blue Research in Glastonbury, is we're, we're now, we did some parent surveys, we're now exploring the possibility of even developing program offerings uh, that parents can sign their, their kids up for individually. You know, typically the way JA works is we rely on, you know, schools and teachers to sign up their students, and, and that will never change. But with the change in landscape and education, you know, we're looking to see if there could be a demand for parents to, again, sign up their kids for programs, you know, again, only for the reason of making sure that we can still provide the, the powerful messages of hope and inspiration to the kids in Connecticut that are used to getting our programs year after year. I love that. And definitely, you know, 
new ways of educating students, especially in the virtual manner. And, you know, really now the real opportunity, I think, for, you know, all of us to become mentors, too. And, you know, can you really share on why now is even more important than ever for individuals to get involved as a mentor? And what is that really doing to help young people in our community? Yeah, I mean, mentors is, is obviously a key, it's a key buzzword, but it's also one of the most important things we have in the community. You know, mentors, just from a general perspective, you know, inspire young people to dream big about their futures, you know, regardless of what organization they may get involved with. They help young people, you know, find their path. Mentors, in some instances, help young people stay on that path, or in other instances, choose that path or change that path. Um, you know, for, for organizations like ours, Junior Achievement, and, and others, and there's there's many others in the work readiness space as well. Great, you know, great folks doing great stuff. You know, these mentors also open up young people's eyes to potential careers. You know, one of the most powerful stats that that, that we've developed over the past few years is that at Junior Achievement, uh, one out of five JA students end up going into the career or industry of their JA volunteer or mentor. So just think about that for a second. If we have a manufacturer, for example, who is a mentor volunteer to a group of 20 JA students, that means you know roughly five students in that class or that program will grow up to be manufacturers. Uh, and the same will hold true for bankers, actuaries, doctors, lawyers, engineers. I mean, you name the career. That's a pretty powerful stat. So you know, trying to, to replicate that now in the virtual world, I think, is, is more important for all of us. Um, you know, in a COVID world where school doors are, are shut to the public and businesses are, are having, you know, majority of their employees in many cases working remotely, you know, the, the, the options are, are more limited for young people to learn about careers and to interact with, uh, with mentors. You know, so, you know, one of the ways we're trying to tackle that is by running virtual job shadows, virtual career panels. As Marlene mentioned, and I'll mention it a little later on, you know, virtual internships. Uh, for students, um, and the reality is that that the need for mentors for not just for junior achievement but for other organizations, great organizations in the Hartford community, the need for mentors has grown exponentially, and I think that's where you know companies, small businesses, medium businesses, large businesses can truly make a, a, a really big difference for for all nonprofits in the area. No, thank you, Jeremy. And, and that statistic, one in five, is is really astounding. And I think we talk so much, especially on this show, we've done a lot of topics focused around pipeline and how do we grow that here. And, and that is proof on exactly how we can, us as individuals and organizations. So thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, you touched on the opportunity for employees to get involved virtually. And Marlene, you know, certainly at Lincoln Financial, you guys have started to shift and really having, you know, employees and how they're continuing to support even though you are working in a virtual office place. Can you touch a little bit on that and just kind of what you're doing and where you're looking to go for the future as well? Sure. Um, and I'm so proud of Lincoln Financial and its employees and how easily they shift uh, to work from home in a virtual environment. Um, so our employees are used to being very engaged and hands-on with um, events like United Way Campaign's Day of Caring and food drives and um, housing, volunteering, and mentoring, um, like with Junior Achievement. But um, all of that has been turned on its head. So we very easily transition to virtual volunteering, and a few examples of that would be in Hartford. 
um, Math Motivators, which is a program that pairs actuaries with high school students to improve their math grades and improve their standardized tests, whether that's SATs um, or um, ACTs. Um, so that's a very easy win-win, and we can see the immediate impact on uh, students' lives. Um, same with programs like Junior Achievements uh, Junior Apprentice, where we can do mock interviews and we can do internships and see the immediate impact um, with students. Um, for those who are used to doing turkey drives around Thanksgiving, we've begun a virtual food drive um, that will go through the end of the month uh, where each location now has a virtual um, holiday food drive page and they can connect directly to their food banks in their areas. So it does help uh, localize the giving for employees and make them feel like they're not missing out on uh, that wonderful event they like to participate in around Thanksgiving. And United Way was completely virtual this year. Um, employees really got creative on how they could do uh, online events and meet and greet with each other and learn more about nonprofits in their neighborhoods and contribute virtually as well. So I would oh, say all great. in all, the, the shift to virtual has been successful, yes. That's great. And certainly inspiring where, and I know, I think the first few months of the pandemic were difficult where you didn't have that outlet. And it's, I know for us, even at Metro Hartford Alliances, we started to do, even if it's just, you know, bi-monthly, we're trying to do events, even if we're able to do some in person or some virtually, just to keep that connection, keep that inspiration. So, so excited to hear what Lincoln Financial is doing and really kind of setting that trend moving forward for your employees. And it's so nice to hear all these great things happening. And Jennifer, you know, really you touched on it earlier, but I want to go back to, to dive a little bit deeper on why is it so important for our companies and our small businesses to really make these community giving efforts visible, accessible, and transparent to everyone? So I, I will start by saying that giving is always good, and for a small business, they can give privately, make a difference, and the world will be better. But when you make it visible, accessible, and transparent, that good amplifies, and it drives participation, and it helps their business grow. So kindness thrives when it's shared. Um, I will bundle visibility and accessibility together, you know, because consumers want their purchasing dollars to make a difference, and they're searching online for businesses to see who will help them achieve that goal. So if they can't find it online, uh, if it's not something they can easily find on your website or social media, they'll just move on to somebody else. And then transparency is about building trust. Be open and honest about what you're doing, who you're giving to, you know, what is the impact you're making so that you can build trust and credibility around the good that you're doing. I will also add authenticity is important. You know, you want to make sure that what you're doing aligns to who you are as a business, and it's something that your employees and customers care about. And, and I want to highlight an example. I've been interviewing small business owners during COVID, and I'm inspired by what they do every day. I spoke to a deli owner last week who uh, there were wildfires in his community, and about 50% of his customers were affected. So he decided to do a drive of essential goods for them, and in two days, he was able to fill two semi-trucks full of items for them. And by in 
within a week deliver that and personally give it to the evacuees. And that's wow. because his giving was transparent and he invited people to participate. So, and, and as a result, he told me that he has record, you know, he's setting records every week for business, but he was able to achieve immense impact because he made it visible and encouraged people to join him. That's incredible. No, certainly if people know the good things that you're doing, uh, you know, then also people can help support, which is, which is fantastic. And, you know, for businesses looking to see and learn more from Cedarship too and some of the great work that you're doing and opportunities, where can people go to get more information? Sure. The easiest place is just our website, cedarship.com, uh, or also Instagram. You can find us at the handle Cedarship. Okay, great. And kind of for want to pivot a little bit, certainly as you know, we look at, we've talked a lot about the pandemic as you know, certainly there's other things too, which have really greatly impacted our country since March and, you know, diversity and equity and inclusion are really topics that are being widely discussed and, you know, a lot of action being taken. And so Jeremy would love to, you know, JA is certainly on the forefront of this and really want to you to dive into and, you know, how can companies help nonprofits in this space? Um, if you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. You know, and, and you know, DEI has obviously got a new lens, um, as it should lately, but I think it's something that we're very lucky in the Hartford community. You know, a lot of businesses have, have always been focused on, nonprofits have been focused on, um, but it's, it's now, you know, more, now more than ever, it's important that we, we tackle these issues head on. <clears throat> you know, the reality is in, in Hartford, you know, for example, you know, 84% of the students in Hartford schools are black and brown students. And, and many of our nonprofit organizations, you know, serve a large majority of these students. And, and again, these students need to see adult role models that look like them. You know, there's nothing more powerful than the power of inspiration. And, you know, when a black or brown student meets an African-American or Latino volunteer who happens to be an SVP at an insurance company or an EVP at a bank or a CFO at a manufacturer, that matters, okay? You know, it matters big time. And I think it was mentioned earlier, you know, these are the opportunities where companies can have a direct impact on helping to expand and strengthen the future talent pipeline for this region. You know, so companies specifically can help nonprofits, in my opinion, by you know, by, by helping to identify uh, an even more diverse pool of, of volunteers, you know, regardless of the volunteer opportunity. Um, you know, companies have the opportunity to also be more strategic and intentional with their nonprofit partners when it comes to identifying, you know, potential board members and, and diverse uh, board members. Because um, I'd say, you know, right now it's more critical than ever that the nonprofit boards you know, truly represent the student populations that these nonprofits serve. And, and companies, you know, can certainly help in that effort. And I, I really do believe, you know, it's, it's a win-win for both. Uh, I guess I could say a win-win-win, win for the students, win for the nonprofit, and win for the company. I like that. No, and if people are interested in getting more involved, Jeremy, too, where's the best place uh, to, to go on your website? Sure. They can go to our website, which is www dot j-a-c-o-n-n dot org. Fantastic. And certainly I know I've worked a lot with, with you and the JA team and certainly we'll provide a lot of resources too. So for even organizations looking to see where's the best way to have them help, uh, you know, your team has been fantastic and really working to set up what's a great, a great program for a specific organization. So thank you for that. No, thank you. 
Of course. And, you know, Jennifer is, you know, we keep talking about a lot of the changes that we're seeing, whether, you know, socially due to the pandemic. Um, can you discuss kind of what we're seeing, too, with different consumer trends and really how they have been infecting the future of corporate responsibility and community given, giving? Can you talk about that and what you're seeing uh, from the data perspective? So I will talk from the small business angle, uh, and that's that, uh, you know, online shopping is turned online and consumers are looking for a way that they can help and make a difference from the safety of their home. So I think it's become really important for them to see how can I help my local community. So everything's become just hyper-localized. So for a small business, it's really important for them to expand their online presence around the good that they do. You know, so that's something traditionally that voice would carry through word of mouth or just because they were physically engaged in their community. Now it's something that, that needs to turn virtual. Great. No, thank you. And certainly I appreciate all the work that each of you are doing, your organizations. And, you know, Marlene, as we're talking, you know, future look ahead is if you could touch a little bit further on there's anything else kind of planning that you guys, uh, Lincoln's planning for the future and, you know, where people can go to learn more too about everything that you're doing day to day. Sure. Well, people can go to um, www.lincolnfinancial.com and click through um, to Corporate Social Responsibility and Lincoln Financial Foundation to get more information about what we're doing. But there are a lot of, um, for us, for year-end and next year, um, some data projects with partners we have, um, Impact Genome, uh, who measures social outcomes and looking further at financial wellness and what those indicators are that really change people's lives. Um, further support of food banks and food providers as we um, come up to another peak in the pandemic um, and try to get us through uh, the spring with enough food supply and solving food chain issues. Uh, and then in education, mm-hmm. continuing to support those teachers, students, and families that are struggling with uh, online learning and trying to achieve the same goals that they would have if they didn't have to learn in this environment. Um, So that's what we're looking for for year-end and through um, 2021. Great. No, thank you. And our time is up. I have to be honest, I think probably the four of us could talk for another hour or so. And again, really appreciate everyone's time for joining today to share a bit about your organizations and how people can help support. So really appreciate it. Jennifer, Marlene, and Jeremy, thank you so much for the conversation today. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And for more information about today's show and the Metro Hartford Alliance, please visit MetroHartford.com. We'd like to give a special thank you to our show sponsor, Oak Hill. And thanks to you for listening to Pulse of the Region brought to you by the Metro Hartford Alliance. I'm Kate Bauman and hope you make today a good day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.